Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go In Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. I'm glad to welcome you to week three of a spring semester unlike any other. And uh, it's my privilege to accompany you as we think this week about texts related to the beloved community. That's our theme for the week, the beloved community, which of course takes its name from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's conception of uh, the beloved community as the goal of all human community. And uh, as we at Houghton aim to be um, a community, as we aim to sort of carry out um, God's vision for community in our lives in a way that blesses the world, including the students who are with us, but also uh, in a more um, cosmic way, you know, touches touches the whole world with God's love. We want to think about texts related to community this week, and particularly King's vision of love being as part of it. As always, we have three texts each day, uh, and so today we'll be reading Psalm 7. Amos chapter 5 verses 18 through 27 and Luke 18 1 through 8 and I always just take some time to think about one of those texts with you and give you a few thoughts and so today we're going to read Psalm 7 together. O Lord my God in you I take refuge save me from all my pursuers and deliver me or like a lion they will tear me apart they will drag me away with no one to rescue. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my ally with harm, or plundered my foe without cause, then let the enemy pursue and overtake me, trample my life to the ground, and lay my soul in the dust. Rise up, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake, O my God, you have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered around you, and over it take your seat on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, and according to the integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. God is my shield who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. If one does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and strung his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. See how they conceive evil and are pregnant with mischief and bring forth lies. They make a pit, digging it out, and fall into the hole that they have made. Their mischief returns upon their own heads, and on their own heads their violence descends. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness and sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. Well, what a challenging passage this is, and if you thought that the texts about the beloved community were going to be just some kind of light fare that just sort of talked about being uh, generically nice to each other, you were probably surprised to hear some of the language in this text, which focuses on God's anger and God's judgment, and just how important it is to realize that any attempt to build the beloved community, any attempt to be God's people in the world, will be met with resistance by the world, and we pray that God goes with us into that resistance and um, and that God stands with us and contends with those who would contend against the people of God. 
That's a really challenging kind of idea, mostly because if we are at all spiritually and emotionally self-aware, we know that we also are very capable of standing against God. And we know that we make mistakes and we are a little bit afraid to pray a prayer like we read in verse 8. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. Like that's a scary thing to pray because we recognize like we might come up on the wrong side of that balance. <laughs> you know, we might, um, we might not be found to have all the righteousness that we would like to think um, that we have. And so this is just such a challenging um, a challenging vision, right? It's such a bold prayer. I really want to focus in that verse on the idea of integrity. That seems to me to be a very vital word in this piece. And frankly, it's a vital word that we see pretty consistently uh, throughout the scriptures, um, particularly uh, related to David. You know, we think of David, how the scripture calls David a man after God's own heart. And you think, how on earth is David a man after God's own heart? And then you realize that what David had was integrity. He made a lot of mistakes. I mean, mistakes that you and I uh, can't make without winding up on the wrong side of the law and in jail for a very long time, right? And yet, when he was confronted with his mistakes, he realized them, he repented, and he resolved to do differently, to do better. And that's the vital piece to me is integrity. Integrity really implies uh, a singleness of mind and heart, a wholeness, a consistency. If you're a person of integrity, there's consistency when you're in different situations. And it doesn't mean that you're always exactly the same, right? If I'm living as a person of integrity, which I try to do, but if I'm living as a person of integrity, that doesn't mean I use all the same words and tone um, and am exactly an unre you know, a, the same me uh, the identical me in every situation when I'm talking to my wife, my children, my students, my colleagues. No, but it does say, you know, down deep there is this piece to who you are that you are consistently across all portions of your life, right? And so when you're talking with your colleagues in department meeting and when you're talking with students and when you're talking with your wife when you're talking with your children when you're talking with your parents michael ideally as a person of integrity there's something that holds that together that is uniquely you and that you're not just sort of swapping out personas for different occasions right um we think about uh how easy it is to do that sometimes and sometimes if we're in a conversation and, and we're not being people of integrity and, and all of us are there sometimes, but we realize a kind of, I hope, I hope someone else didn't hear me say that, or, you know, I wouldn't express this this way in another circumstance, but so I hope that, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that person doesn't find out that I just said what I said, right? And this is, this is part of, this integrity is part of what made David so able to repent when it was time, right? It wasn't like David was like holding one being over here and one being over here and one being over here. He was trying to be present to God in all these circumstances. And so when he was brought up short, he didn't have all these excuses at the ready. Instead, you know, he didn't, he didn't say, oh, that's not me. That's not really me. No, he realized that is me. That came from me. <laughs> and I can't do that and say that I am right with God, and so I need to apologize. Um, so often today we hear that phrase, don't we? That's not really me. 
um, you know, when a person is caught, like we think about it particularly um, in an era of increased focus on racist speech, you know, if someone is caught saying something racist and often immediately they will say, I'm not a racist, that's not really me. Instead of that sort of realization, oh, as a person of integrity, that is me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not proud that that's me. Um, I wish that wasn't me. Um, I, I guess I need to do some work on me because that came out of me, right? Like, that's what integrity does is it enables us to say, wow, that's me. And, and you know, that goes one way when it's we're talking about something negative, when we need to be a person of integrity and own up to it. It also means we can rejoice when we do something positive and say, you know what, like that, that also is part of me interacting in the world. You know, integrity is at the heart of building beloved community. Community cannot last as long as people are intent on not being fully present with each other. We have to be fully present with each other, actually present, really present with each other. Um, and so integrity is at the heart of that. Um, we can't run around being one person with one and one person with another. In, a, in Howard Thurman's book, Jesus and the Disinherited, which I teach in a couple of my classes, he talks about the danger of deception. And he, he says against that spirit of deception, he counsels what he calls a complete and devastating sincerity. Right? And that's such a beautiful image and held up for us to say, yeah, to what extent am I living sincerely with the people around me? To what extent am I being me? And to what extent am I, um, you know, reserving part of the real me and, and, and sort of saying, no, I'm not really going to give you my best self. See, that's what integrity does is it ensures that we offer everybody our best self. It might look different when I'm offering my best self to my wife, my parents, my students, my colleagues. But if it's me, if there's that, that honest red thread running through those things to say, that's me. Um, and there's nothing reserved right now. I'm, not, I'm holding nothing back in this interaction with you. I'm giving you myself. That's the kind of thing that makes community possible. So that's what I want to leave you with today in those moments when you're inclined to sort of check out emotionally. Um, you know, I think about particularly in the era of so many things happening virtually, how easy it is for us to, to have that extra layer of not really being present with each other, to be present with the people around us and to be people of integrity. Such an important building block of community. God, we're thankful for uh, the deep love that's ours in Jesus and for the way in which uh, Jesus teaches us both about the costs and the rewards of being fully ourselves in different situations and living out our calling. We pray, God, that you would enable us to be people of integrity with each other, people who don't reserve and hold anything back, people who are honest and speak honestly and listen receptively. We know that this is a way to become the kind of people you want us to be. We ask this through Christ. Amen. Well, as always, I'm privileged to talk to you today, and uh, until we talk tomorrow, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.